0: good super ministry Uh, and again for everybody that supports that ministry whether you're donating supplies, money, working, uh, especially Lisa and her crew and and she's put, she's pours herself into that ministry all year long and uh, so it's really important to her and I appreciate her passion for this as well. All right let's see here do you want to go over to Children's Church or you, okay. All right, Don and Glenn, heading we over for Children's Church, and as they're doing that, if you want to go ahead and mark in your Bibles, or Bibles, I do that every time, in your uh, hymnals to 169, Room at the Cross, we'll use that as our hymn of invitation this morning, and certainly good to be here with you. always a privilege to share god's word with you and as i said earlier uh it's uh, good to be back to normal services and i want to welcome you that's on facebook and and youtube today but i also want to take this opportunity to invite you to invite you to come back to church Uh, to invite if you've never attended here and you're looking for a church home we want to extend that invitation to you uh if you have been out since the beginning of the pandemic and uh, and we understand that, but uh, as things improve, we want to invite you to come back to church uh, and be with us as a group to worship as well. Uh, it's always, as I said, always a privilege for me to share in God's Word with you. I'm sure that everyone has heard about the latest crisis, the supply chain. I mentioned it last week, the supply chain crisis. And I have to admit, I I realized that we had a great dependency on foreign products and and shippers. I didn't realize that we had that much involved with what's going on with foreign suppliers. Short supply on things. Even some medicines being in short supply and that, that kind of piqued my interest as to why, and it's not necessarily because we're having all these medicines produced overseas and we're waiting on them to be shipped here, though that is the case in some instances, but it's raw materials that are produced overseas and being shipped in here so that they can be made. So that's one of the answers, but there's also things that are pandemic related that we don't think about. Chickens in short supply. Uh didn't think that there would ever be a, a shortage of chickens, but apparently during the pandemic, we stayed home to cook more, and chicken was the number one meat that people cooked. And they can't raise enough chickens to supply the demand. Toilet paper—we know that we all know about toilet paper—but that's because they can't get the pulpwood to manufacture, because of the, the the shipping, the folks going out and harvesting and processing the pulpwood to sh- to make the toilet paper. So there are several different reasons that this crisis is. But then I also thought about the fact, and I mentioned this, uh, that why hasn't common sense kicked in somewhere along our elected officials that says we've allowed ourselves to become very dependent upon foreign countries to supply our each and every day needs. Why hasn't the common sense kicked in and said, hmm, Maybe we need to invite them to come back and start manufacturing in the United States once again. It'd be nice if that would happen. We need to be in prayer for that. I know it's not related to, to the Bible and such, but, but you know, those things affect us as well, they affect all people. And that we should be in prayer that our nation would wake up and realize that we have to do things differently to move forward and be successful and to be this nation that I believe that God has blessed us to be. So common sense is a rare thing. I was studying last week uh, for last week's sermon and I, and if you recall it was in First John. But I went ahead and continued to read over into Second John and Third John and some of the things that John said to me kinda went along with what I'm talking about this morning with the common sense. I'd like for you to go ahead and turn over there with me. And as a matter of fact, I've titled this sermon, Christian Common Sense. Maybe it should have been Common Sense for Christians. But in either case, I think it's some things that we need to be reminded of. Now, John, in this letter, as you'll see, we're going to read. And don't be too scared. We're going to, we're going to study both the 2 John and 3 John, uh, a total of 27 verses. So we're, it's not like we're going to cover them half the Bible. But if you ever wanted to find some reading where you could tell someone I read a whole book in the Bible last night that would be two good places to start because you wouldn't have a lot of time invested with a lot of good information in those. So second epistle of John beginning in verse 1 he says the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not only I but also all they that have known the truth For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ and the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, Not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought but that we receive the full reward whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of christ hath not god he that abideth in the doctrine of christ he both have the father and the son if there be any if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine Receive him not into your house, neither by bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you, and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of the elect sister greet thee, and amen. Now, John... The Bible, uh, experts, he addresses this to the elect lady. Some, about 50-50, it's about split. Some say he's addressing a specific woman in a congregation. Some say he's using that as a metaphor to address the church. I don't know that it really matters. Because in either case, what he tells and what he teaches and what we can learn from this is the same, regardless whether it's from an individual or to a Group of believers. But what we do see is some common sense things that he's addressing here as he makes this warning. He wrote these letters about the same time, most uh, experts believe, just shortly after he wrote the Gospel of John. So we're looking at the mid to, to latter uh, AD 90s, right before his passing. Most believe he wrote these from the church in or around Ephesus so we know that that he has contact with several congregations so we don't know specifically where this is but we do know that he gives us some good advice and the first one is in verses 4 through 6 to follow the commandments of Christ verse 4 through 6 and we'll read that again He says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments, his commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Jesus, John records Jesus said, uh, by this, people will know that you are my disciple if you have love one for another. But we also know that Jesus taught back in Matthew, chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said these words. When asked about the greatest commandment, They was trying to trip him up. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and all of thy soul and all of thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Love. Loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength and then loving our neighbor's we love ourselves. One thing as I was watching, and I was trying to figure out, now, where do I put this in? Because I think it's really important that I that, that I ask this question this morning. In this first part of this commandment, that John is is uh, at, actually encouraging and bragging on this group of believers that they walk in the truth, that they follow that commandment, which has to be loving the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I watched this video, and I don't know if you picked it up, but the young man that that shared about how the, the shoebox affected his life. And he wanted to serve somehow, and he started off being uh, a clown. Remember, he was... And now he's the minister at a church. Did you pick up on what he said about each and every Sunday morning? I am excited to come to church. And share the gospel. Ask yourself that question. Are you excited to come to church? Because of the prospect of what you're going to experience at church? And I'm not talking about for me. Matter of fact, least of all from me. But are you excited to come to church because you love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength? And when you sing these songs that we sing, do you sing them knowing you have that kind of love? When we study our Bible and I come up here and I present a message, are you eagerly and excited to hear the message? Not because I'm a good preacher, because God's Word is truth. I don't think that we have excitement anymore. And I'm not talking about congregations. I'm talking about the church as a whole. We need to be excited to come to church just like that young man was excited to come to church and not because of anybody sitting in the room. It's because who we come to lift our voices up to. And if you're depending on me to excite you, you're going to be disappointed. i assure you. I mean, I might bring a pretty good sermon every once in a while, but I can't excite you. I can't do for you what God can do for you. I've never claimed to be able to do that. And we have to walk in these commandments. And when we talk about loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul and mind and strength, part of that is, is the fact that His love has so gripped us. His love has such an effect on us. We're excited when we get to come to church and hear about that love and sing songs of praise to Him about that love and that commitment. So that's the first thing in common sense here that John writes to us about, I think that we have to follow on those commandments that Jesus was talking about but I think we get caught up in this present world that we forgot that I think that we've allowed so many things and I'm not even talking about the pandemic but including the pandemic I think over the course of time we've gotten so caught up in this world and and what activities go on and we want to be part of that. We don't want to miss out on it. We don't want our kids to miss out or our grandkids to miss out on it. We don't want to miss out on anything that the world has to offer, so what do we sacrifice? What God has to offer. It's not a good trade, folks. Not a good trade. John makes another point. Verses 7 through 11 be careful who you let in your home be careful who you let in your houses and your homes for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh this is a deceiver and an antichrist look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he hath both father and son if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine receive him not into your house neither bid him Godspeed and that means success for he that biddeth and listen to this Listen real closely to this. I want to point it out again. For he that biddeth him Godspeed, in other words, he that biddeth him success, is a partaker of his evil deeds. Hmm. John's warning about false teachers here. Those that don't abide in the doctrine of Christ. Those that don't abide in the doctrine of Christ do not have God is what John says here. Plain and simple. And I'm just repeating that. Now you're probably saying to yourself somebody is here. Rob I don't let people in my house I don't know. Rob I don't let people come in that would influence me that do not have the doctrine of Christ. Really. How about your telephone? How about, next slide, please. Awesome. How about your computers? How about your televisions? You let strangers come into your house each and every day. All of us do. We invite them in. We give them all of our attention. Many times without any kind of forethought, whether they have the doctrine of Christ, whether they whether they carry and promote the doctrine of Christ or whether they are anti-Christ, as John says, that does not promote the doctrine of Christ. So yes, we do. We invite strangers into our home each and every day. As a matter of fact, because of technology, we can take strangers with us and watch them on demand at any time, listening, watching, allowing them to influence us Each and every day. So yeah, you have to be aware of that. And that's what he's saying here. Against deceivers. Listen to a preacher who does not follow the whole doctrine of Christ, but they make a few good points. You're listening to a false teacher. Watch a show that promotes things that are against God's will, against God's truth. You think that's acceptable? That's false doctrine. Yes, we allow people into our house every day. False teachers. And what did he just say about the false teachers? They do not have God. Do we allow them in? Why? Why is it that we do that? And I kind of hinted on this a little bit earlier. Over the course of years, this is not something that's happened in just a couple of days. This is something that's happened over the course of years. Things have progressively become more and more subtle about God's Word, about attacking it. You won't, it's hard to kind of believe, but if you watch TV, old TV shows from the 80s, I can remember things happening on those shows that were wildly controversial because people just couldn't stand for, for what was being shown on the 80s. It is like a cartoon mild today compared to what we watch on our TVs. And how did that happen? Suddenly, over time, they continued to push the envelope with advertisement, with content of television shows, with content of music. There is music here that's not fit to be played, much less listened to. That's available to our young people and us that wouldn't even probably been able to have been sold as few as 30 years ago but that's the most popular music you can listen to because they continue to push those envelopes suddenly over the course of time so what do I say about that I say the same thing or I just repeat what John says be careful who you let into your homes They could be false teachers that are preaching messages that sound pretty good, but they don't carry out the full doctrine of Jesus Christ, which is what he warns about. And be careful of false doctrines that say it's okay that we have to accept it because society accepts it and and really Christianity is too harsh and, and too rigid because people have a right to make up their own decisions. If you show me that in the Bible, I'll go right along with you. He that biddeth him God's speed is partaker partaker of his evil deeds, and I'll just leave that right there for you. So we have to be careful who we let in our homes. Walk in the truth, he says. We have to go over to John, third John, from here. So just turn right on over, and, it, and I'll read that real quick. It says the elder unto the well beloved Gaius whom I love in the truth. There's that word again, truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosperous. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee even as thou walkest in the truth. Now listen to this, what it says. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That being groups with him. Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers. What we were talking about earlier, what Lisa was talking about, and he's commending gaius on the same things that we do, which is a great and wonderful thing, not only through the shoebox thing, but also when we reach out to our community, when we reach out and provide those in need. Which have borne witness of the charity before the church whom if thou bring forward on their journey after God's a godliest sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbid them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doth good is of God, but he that doth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath a good report of all men and of the truth itself, yea, and if ye also bear record and ye know that our record is true, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. So what's he saying in this letter? Well, the first thing that I think we see in verses 4 through 8 is he's saying walk in the truth. Walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that's what any Christian would desire. That's what any congregation should desire. That's what any board should desire. Elders and deacons should desire that the membership walk in truth. We should have no greater joy except to know that that is happening, and I guess on the other side of that, no greater sorrow when it's not. When we experience congregations that don't walk in the truth, God gives us our truth, and in fact, man's been trying to manipulate that truth since Adam and Eve. Really, remember, God commanded they shouldn't eat the, of the, the fruit of the tree of, of life, of good, of evil, knowledge of good and evil. You will die. You will surely die. And how did Satan tempt Eve? Surely you will not die. And that's so it began. And we began manipulating the truth right there in the Garden of Eden. And the truth is still manipulated today. People try to manipulate God's Word to fit their own personal agendas or their own personal beliefs that are aside from what the truth of God says. That can't produce joy. That can only produce sorrow. That's why it's so important that we walk in truth. Truth that God gives. And the truth is still the truth and it always will be the truth. And God's truth will stand until the end of time when we are judged on it. Walking in truth. And we as Christians had better recognize that fact. We better understand that we either support directly or indirectly truth or false by what we what we support, what we do, what we say. And we will be held accountable if we walk in truth. When it goes against God's truth, we will give an account for that. No greater joy. So walk in God's truth in every area of your life. And then finally, notice in, in finally in verse 9 through 12, he talks about diatrophies. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus, whoops, wrong, I have to get over into three. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, he talks about here. I wrote unto the church, verse 9, Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them and receive us as not. He was ambitious. He was proud. He was disrespectful of apostolic authority. He was rebellious. He was inhospitable. He had his own agenda. We see that by what he writes. says, I'll remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. Not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and cast them out of the church. So he was bold enough that he would buck up against the Apostle John. He wasn't very hospitable, and if you tried to be, he would make sure it was your last day there at the church. You tried to do something that he didn't agree with for those that were in need to fulfill the truth you got kicked out of the church now we don't necessarily kick people in and out of churches today do we but we do in some ways i'm glad we don't have that here but could you imagine Try to do something good get talked about Try to do what God wants you to do and be hindered. Have your own plans and and say little remarks here and there so that it would undermine the brother or sister in Christ and and them trying to do what God sent them to do or had them to do, let them to do. Make them look bad. Be criticized for doing good deeds because they didn't do it the way you thought it should be done. Causing people to be isolated, getting people's feelings hurt. That's how we kick people out of church today. What happened here at this time is we'll say we're, we're, we're just went up and told. This diacrophies would just go up and tell them, say, listen, you can no longer be part of this congregation. Move along. We do that indirectly now with that tongue and our actions. So what's the final thing? Don't allow evil people to influence you. Don't allow evil people to influence you. What? Why are you calling them evil, Rob? Okay, beloved, follow not that which is evil, verse eleven, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Do you want someone influencing you that has not seen God? I would hope not. It goes on to give someone that has a good example, Demetrius. Follow him. Don't follow diotrephes. So don't allow evil people to influence you. So where are we? What we learned? What kind of common sense points have we seen here? Well, first one is to follow the commands of Christ. Be careful who you let in your homes. Walk in truth and don't allow the evil people to influence you. And that makes a lot of sense to me in the day and time that we live in, just like it made sense to John at the time that he wrote these letters back at the, the first hundred years after Christ was here on this earth. So where are you at today? I post several questions. I post several common sense items that, that really we don't like to, to sit and look at ourselves in the mirror and judge ourselves on, but I want you to do that through the course of the week. Not based on me, Mm -mm. based on God's word and his truth. Unmanipulated, there's no room for but, well, maybe. Now, just take God's word for what it is, it's the truth. Judge your life and your actions based on the truth and act accordingly. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, accept him, you've heard the word. If you believe it and you're willing to confess Him as, as your Savior and repent of your sins, be buried with Him at baptism, raise a new creation, having received the gift of the Holy Spirit and remission of sins and walking faithful until Christ returns or we're called away. Maybe you realize that you're guilty of some of these things here that John's writing these churches about or individuals about. And you need to, to repent of that and make a change in your life. Do that. For heaven's sake do it because listen to what he keeps referring john keeps not me john keeps referring to these people as anti-christ and evil do you want to really have that associated with your name (laughs) i don't (laughs) in any way shape form or fashion so if there has to be a change make heaven's sake make that change whatever the case our hymn of invitation is room at the cross We're going to sing the first and the third verse. If you have a decision to make, would you come as we stand and sing?